the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. This is what the Holy Spirit is doing in the world. And this is what the Holy Spirit is doing in the heart of the person I'm talking to. The Holy Spirit is convicting them of sin, of righteousness, and judgment. I know that. That the Holy Spirit has this threefold ministry this threefold work, if you will, that he is doing in the world. If you've ever felt in your gut that what you're doing is wrong, you may attribute that gut feeling to your conscience. But as followers of Jesus, it's the Holy Spirit that nudges you in the right direction. As you know, we're all tempted on a daily basis, which is why it's important to remain rooted in the Word of God and seeking the Holy Spirit for guidance through life. In today's message, Pastor Dan will teach how Jesus left the Holy Spirit to help guide the disciples, and he's there for you, too. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of John, chapter 16, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. God tells us how things will play out and will tell and tells us ultimately how things will be brought to their final consummation, their final end. And it brings comfort to us as we read the word and, and it prepares us for these things to come. And that's what Jesus is doing here by foretelling this to his disciples. Now, in verse five, Jesus began to speak about the ministry of the Holy Spirit Again, remember he talked about the Holy Spirit back in chapter 14. So he says in verse 5, But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, look what he says in verse 7. I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. He calls the Holy Spirit here the Helper. That's a title for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit helps us in life. And he says it is to our advantage that Jesus left and returned to heaven so that the Helper could come. It's better for us that Jesus didn't stay on earth. It's better for us that he returned to heaven. Now, that may be hard for some of us to believe. 
And you, and you read that and you, and you might think, well, how could it be better than having Jesus here? I mean, Jesus is God incarnate. Jesus is, is God in the flesh. What can be better than having God with you in flesh and blood to help you through life? Well, I can tell you what's better. Having God in you to help you through life. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit comes to dwell in the believer. And so now God, the Holy Spirit, is dwelling in us. He's not just with us, alongside of us. The Holy Spirit dwells in us to help us through this life. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, Paul says, Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells in us. And the word that Paul uses there when he talks about us being the temple of the Holy Spirit, the word he uses means the holy of holies. Your body is the holy of holies of God. Just think about that. Think about the Old Testament and the, uh, the temple and before the temple, the tabernacle. And in the Old Testament times, the high priest could go into the holy of holies only one day of y- a year on the Day of Atonement. It's the only time he was allowed into the Holy of Holies because the presence of God was in the Holy of Holies. And man could not go into the presence of God except for that one day. Now, you're the Holy of Holies. You have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you and we can come into the presence of God that dwells in us. We can enter His presence anytime we want, anywhere we want. You can do it tomorrow at school, sitting in math class. And enter into the presence of God. You can do it tomorrow at work, sitting at your desk. You just get up and close the office door and you can enter into the presence of God. Make sure you do your work too, but, right? We're, we have the Holy of Holies with us, if you will. And the Holy Spirit of God dwelling in us to help us, to enable us, to equip us, to guide us through this life. So he says, it's to your advantage that I go. You know, Jesus, when he was physically here, he could only be in one place at one time. Now we've got the Holy Spirit of God, you know, the, uh, the third person of the Godhead dwelling in us everywhere we go. It's better. In verses 8 to 11 now, Jesus tells us the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the world. And this is important for us. It's important for us to understand what the Holy Spirit is doing in the world today, in individual lives today, so that that we can cooperate with the Holy Spirit. You know, so that we know what the Holy Spirit is doing in a person's life. When you're talking to someone, you're sharing with someone, talking to them about Christ, you're sharing the gospel with them. There's like this tag team thing that's happening here between you and the Holy Spirit where, where you're sharing the hope of Christ, You're sharing the hope of the gospel. And at the same time, the Holy Spirit is ministering and working on that person and in that person as well. And so we can kind of coordinate our efforts with the Holy Spirit. Look what it says in verse 8. And when He has come, the Holy Spirit, He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. 
of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Again, he he says here, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. And so, I just, just from verse 8, I know now this is what the Holy Spirit is doing in the world. And this is what the Holy Spirit is doing in the heart of the person I'm talking to. That the Holy Spirit is convicting them of sin, of righteousness, and judgment. I know that. That the Holy Spirit has this threefold ministry. This threefold work, if you will, that He is doing in the world today. First, He he is convicting the world of sin. And that word convict that's used here, it, it means to expose or bring into the light. The Holy Spirit exposes a person's sin to himself or to herself in his own heart. And you've experienced that. Where you have felt the conviction over something you've done. You have felt the the shame. You have felt the guilt. Or you have felt the dread over something that you've done. That's the work of the Holy Spirit in you and on you. Convicting of sin. Exposing your sin. Showing your guilt before God. Now why does the Holy Spirit do that? Why is it important for a person to be convicted of their sin so that they realize they need a Savior, right? You don't know you're a sinner. You're, you're not going to understand why you need a Savior. You don't realize your guilt before God. You're, you're not going to look for a remedy to that guilt. See, and again, there's this, uh, this coordinated effort that's taking place between the Holy Spirit and, and a believer who's sharing the gospel now. So here's this person, they've got this conviction of their sin, this guilt, this shame, and then the person comes along and Jesus is the remedy to your guilt. Jesus is the remedy to your shame. Because he forgives our sins. The Bible says we've all sinned, we've all done things that are wrong in God's eyes, we're all guilty before God, every single one of us. And the Bible tells us that Jesus died on the cross for our sins in our place and He offers us forgiveness. He offers us reconciliation. He gives us an answer to that guilt and that shame and that conviction. He can remove it through His shed blood on the cross. In verse 9, look at verse 9. He says that He convicts of sin. He says, because they do not believe in me. Not believing in Jesus is the worst sin a person can commit. You know, a lot of times when we think about sins, we kind of categorize them and we think, well, you know, telling a white lie isn't as bad as murder. And we, we have these classifications for sins. This one's not as bad as that one, and that one's really bad. The worst sin you can commit, the absolute worst sin anyone can commit, is rejecting Jesus Christ. Because that is the only sin God does not forgive. He will forgive any other sin. It doesn't matter how bad it is, or how long you've done it, or how deep you're into it. 
He will forgive every sin except for that one. He will not forgive rejecting his son. It's the only one he doesn't forgive. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. Look at verse 10. The Holy Spirit also convicts the world of righteousness. Verse 10 says of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Jesus' ascension to heaven communicates that only perfect righteousness is accepted in heaven. And our righteousness that we have is not accepted in heaven. The Bible says our righteousness is like filthy rags to God. On our best day, our righteousness is like filthy rags in God's sight. It's only Jesus' perfect righteousness that is accepted in heaven. And the Holy Spirit convicts us about our lack of righteousness our lack of rightness with God. Again, you have felt that. Just that feeling of knowing, I am not not right with God. I'm not where I'm supposed to be right now. The Holy Spirit convicts us of our unrighteousness, and at the same time, the Holy Spirit convicts us of the righteousness of Jesus Christ that is accepted by God. Again, this is what the Holy Spirit is doing in a person's heart without us saying anything to them. This is, this is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. It's doing it in a person's heart without any help from us. This conviction of sin, this conviction of righteousness. You know, the Bible tells us that when a person puts their faith in Jesus Christ, listen, when a person puts their faith in Jesus Christ, his righteousness is put onto our account. It says that our sin is put upon him when he's on the cross and he's punished for our sin in our place as our substitute. So all of our sin is imputed to him and all of his righteousness is imputed to us. And so now we stand before God in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Not in our filthy rags of righteousness, but in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Paul puts it this way in Philippians chapter 3, verse 9. He says, I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. I become righteous. I'm not not counting on my righteousness or my goodness because I'm not good and I'm not right. I'm counting on the righteousness of Jesus that has been imputed to me through faith in Him. And let me, let me be really, really, really clear. You cannot get into heaven on your own righteousness or your own goodness. 
you can only get into heaven on the righteousness of Jesus Christ. That is the only righteousness that is accepted by God in heaven. He is the only way. Jesus is the only way. There is no other way. You're not going to get there on your own. You just can't. So get that out of your mind if that's what you think. That you're a good enough person or you're a pretty moral person, whatever. You cannot get into heaven on your own righteousness. It's not good enough. Only the righteousness of Jesus. So the Holy Spirit convicts of sin. The Holy Spirit convicts of righteousness. And then the Holy Spirit convicts people of judgment. Verse 11. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. So he's not talking about our judgment. He's talking about the ruler of this world is judged. That's the judgment he's talking about here. The ruler of this world is Satan. Satan is the ruler of this world. Now back in chapter 12, verse 31, he called Satan the prince of this world. Uh, In Ephesians 2, Satan is called the prince of the power of the air. In Ephesians 6, he's called the ruler of the darkness of this world. And the Bible tells us that before we were born again, we just followed the course of this world, kind of unaware, just following the course of this world, wherever the world kind of led us, whatever we just thought was right or good or popular. We just kind of followed the course of the world, did whatever the world said to do. And we're told in Ephesians that it's Satan who has set the course of this world. And so we were following that without even knowing it. Just kind of blindly following it, which, which, which brings to mind 2 Corinthians 4, 4, which says, before we knew God, our minds were blinded by the God of this age. Our minds were blinded by the God of this age. And then we're told that Satan is judged by the cross. Satan is judged by the cross. The cross broke the power that Satan has over us. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, it says, For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that He might destroy the works of the devil. This is why Jesus came. This is why He died on the cross, in part to destroy the works of the devil. When He died on the cross for the sins of the world, He destroyed the works of the devil. And He delivered us, we're told, out of the power of darkness, and He translated us, it says, into His kingdom. He rescued us. He came into you know, Satan's kingdom, so to speak. And He snatched us out of it. And He delivered us out of it. And He broke the power. And so now we, have, we can have this victorious life where we, you know, the, the bonds that we were in you know, the slavery we were in, the blindness that we had, the way that we just followed the course of this world unaware, ignorantly. Jesus has set us free. He's delivered us out of all of that now. So, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin, our sin that separates us from God. The Holy Spirit convicts the world of the need for righteousness to enter into the presence of a holy God. And we don't have that righteousness. Only Jesus is the righteous one. And the Holy Spirit convicts us of the judgment 
of Satan through the cross, which means anyone who receives Jesus as Lord and Savior is set free from Satan's power and Satan's dominion and is now free to walk in newness of life through Jesus Christ. Anytime someone accepts Christ and is born again, it is proof that the power of Satan has been broken. That you can be free from that. You don't have to be trapped in that anymore. You don't have to be in that world anymore. And so God, God the Holy Spirit is working in the world. He's convicting people of sin, of righteousness, and judgment. And He's doing that all the time. You know, not just at church. Or not just when you're listening to a, a sermon on the radio or something. The Holy Spirit's always at work in people's lives. Convicting of sin, convicting of righteousness, convicting of, of, of judgment. And then now, when we talk to a believer, or talk to a non-believer, someone who doesn't know the Lord, and we're sharing with them, we know now, well, the Holy Spirit's been working on this person's heart. The Holy Spirit is convicting them of their sin, of their lack of righteousness and rightness with God, convicting them of the righteousness of Jesus, convicting them of the, the truth of the judgment of Satan and that they can be free. And, and we can now just kind of do this tag team thing. Us and the Holy Spirit. And so the other thing that tells us too, just in closing here, is don't be afraid when you talk to someone to bring up their sin. It's not like they've never heard about it before. The Holy Spirit's been talking to them about it too. Right? Or their lack of righteousness. Or the righteousness of Jesus. Or their bondage or their blindness. Or the way they just follow the course of this world. The prince of the power of the air. Because they already know that stuff. They already know that stuff. Because the Holy Spirit's been working them over with that. I remember one time years ago, we used to have this old Volvo that we gave to Casey. And it broke down one time. And I had to get it towed. And the tow truck came and... It was a Middle Eastern guy that was working the tow truck. He was from another country, immigrant from another country. I suspected he was Muslim. And so I started asking, hey, where are you from? And asked him about it. So we started talking, and I started sharing Jesus with him. And he started sharing what he believed about Jesus as a Muslim. And then I just kind of bluntly said to him, well, you know, actually the Bible says that Jesus is going to come back and that he's going to be the king on the earth and that everybody is going to be judged by him at the great white throne judgment and that you'll be judged by him if you don't receive him. And he stopped hooking up my car and looked at me and said, yeah, I know that. Just like that, you know? My neighbor across the street, where I live right now, he's a Muslim. And we were talking about things going on in the world and we're having this conversation and I'm trying, you know, how can I bring up Jesus in this? You know how it is. We're trying to work it into a conversation and I'm just trying, you know, and then at some point he says in the, he said it in the conversation. Well, when Jesus comes back, he's going to sort it all out. What? You know? <laughs> and then he, and then he went inside and I was left standing there in the cul-de-sac, right? Holy Spirit's at work. People's lives. You don't even know it. But what you do know is he's, the Holy Spirit's talking to them about their sin. The Holy Spirit's talking to them about their lack of righteousness and the righteousness of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is talking to them about being set free from their sin and their bondage. And you've got those aces up your sleeve anytime you talk to someone. He asked me how I know 
If you missed any part of today's message or would like to hear more of Pastor Dan's teachings from 1 John, you can do so right now at calvaryec.com. Just click on media. In fact, there's an entire library of Pastor Dan's messages that you're welcome to listen to and even share with friends and family. Would you do us a favor? Would you join us in praying for the ministry of Ring of Truth? Please pray for Pastor Dan and everyone involved in this program that we would continue to listen and respond to what our Heavenly Father has to say. Pray too for your brothers and sisters in Christ listening along with you that they would be protected from the enemy and that the truth and blessing of Scripture would fuel their passion for following the Lord. Thank you for taking the time to pray. Though our time with you is at an end for today, we'd like to encourage you not to shut your Bible just yet. Continue reading in the book of 1 John or take some time to explore any of the other 65 books in God's Word. Each one reveals new aspects of your relationship with your Creator and will open your eyes to His purpose and plans for this world and for you. We pray you are blessed richly as you continue an extended time of learning from Scripture. Thanks for tuning in today, and join us next time for another edition of Ring of Truth.